Well, that's been our theme for uh, going on. This is the third week now that every good thing is born of a struggle, that struggles should not be considered abnormal, but totally normal, more than totally normal, positive, developmental. That's the way that God intends them to be. I don't know if you noticed the one part of the lyrics in the songs where it says, I'm, I'm proud of you, my child. That's God saying that when he sees us in seeking to do his will in a world that is not doing his will, that he's proud of us as we struggle. Struggle doesn't mean that we're doing it perfectly. Struggle means we want desperately to do it perfectly, but we're struggling. Now, I happen to notice that as you guys came in here today, um, I didn't see anyone almost fall down as they came in. I am an astute observer of human nature and, and I saw no one coming in like this you, you know now when you were a baby you looked like a cross between a chimpanzee and a drunk when you when you were trying to learn to walk it was right right it was a struggle at one point you you do it so good now you walk man you just kind of glide but there was a time when just walking you struggled which I'm sorry my mind did you guys happen to see that article in the paper uh, about the baby two years two years uh, two weeks rather two weeks uh, old and was walking it was weird man I actually I have a picture of it it's weird <laughs> every mother with a newborn will be terrified this will be her nightmare <laughs> yeah I was actually born with a full set of teeth and a beard no I was <laughs> I'm really kind of excited today because, uh, I mean, not that I'm always not excited. I'm always excited when I get the privilege of sharing the truth of God with people whose hearts and minds are open, but particularly today because the subject is really work. And here's what I promise you. I promise you that if you will take God's message that I'm just going to deliver to you today, it's God's message who loves you, knows you, wants what's best knows what's best if you would take this to heart and it's not going to be easy but if you would take this to heart it will absolutely transform in a positive way your work experience I don't care what your work experience is I don't care how bad it is I'm, I'm fully aware that some of us we have some work experiences where it stresses us out it discourages us it depresses us we're, we're not necessarily appreciated for what we do we're not rewarded financially we may work for some people that are very difficult to work for we may work with some people that are very difficult to work with I understand all that but here's my, what my promise is I know God wants to enable each and every person in this room today to walk out of this room with the ability to transform your experience you got to listen to what I'm saying now I'm not saying it's going to change your work I'm saying that God wants to change you in such a way that whatever your work experience is, it's going to be a positive one. It's going to be one that you will not only endure, but maybe, maybe start to enjoy because you know some things, you understand some things. So that's the promise to you today. Now, Let's talk about work to start with. First of all, some people think that, <laughs> that work was something that God threw in after Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed him and broke trust in him. It's like, I'm going to punish you guys. I'm going to make you work. But that's not true. When you read the Bible in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, God had already assigned for humankind to work. 
uh, Adam and Eve, where they were to kind of oversee the entire human race, the animal kingdom, everything on the planet, especially the Garden of Eden and everything there. So work was already given, and God declared it good. God ever works. A creative, loving being cannot help but to work. Always be doing something productive and beneficial. Work is a good thing. We are made in the image of God, it says in Genesis 1.26, and therefore we are made to work. And when human beings are not working, a part of ourselves will not develop and a part of ourselves will always feel a little bit empty, a little bit disconnected. And frankly, we won't be comfortable in our own skin when we're not working. When we are not working, it is not good for us. Now, I've pushed this thing a little bit. Will you, will you bear with me a little bit more? Will you, will you say out loud, if you believe it, work is good. Work. We, that was pretty easy. How about this one? I love my boss. No, I'm just kidding. I, would, I wouldn't push it that far. I wouldn't even push it with the staff in here. Okay. I hope you really believe that, that work is good. And now what I want to share with you is, is, a, is a better way to do work, whatever your work, whatever your work situation may be. Okay, struggling vocationally. I'm just going to assume that some of us at least know some people that are having a hard time with work. And I'm also going to, you know, easily be convinced that there's some of us in here that have gone through some tough work experiences maybe discouraged, maybe feel overwhelmed, maybe stressed, um, maybe to the point that you want to run, you want to quit, whatever it might be. So struggling vocationally is, first of all, a normal thing. So let's look at some truth. The first thing we need to do if we're going to struggle vocationally in a, in a divinely appointed way, in the way that God intends us to struggle, you've got to get that in first. It's not supposed to be easy, breezy, smooth and easy, not that kind of thing. It is supposed to be a struggle. Development always comes from struggle. Every good thing is born from a struggle, the song says. You and I need to first lay hold of a transcendent vision about work. Now, now pause for a minute. What do you mean, Randy, transcendent vision about work? In other words, you and I, in order to benefit from work the way that God intends, we have to see work from the perspective of eternity, from God's perspective. This is going to be a stretch for some of you. Let me be specific. I'm going to read you some verses in just a minute. Better answer that. Uh, <laughs> could be really important. <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> um, I'm going to read you some verses. And, and frankly, if you have not made your decision to put your trust in Christ and become his follower, they don't yet apply to you. Now, they're wide open to you. Um, the scripture says, God says that he just waits for humans to return to him in trust. He revealed himself. He poured out his heart. He, he showed the depths of his sacrificial love in Christ, Christ's life, his miracles. And then ultimately in his sacrificial death on the cross, in the hopes that human beings would come back to trust in him and follow him. God can't bless us, can't build us. We can never be who we were meant to be. We can never do what we were meant to do until we are reconciled with our God. And the reconciliation basis is trust. God doesn't want to force us. He doesn't want to move us by fear. He wants us to trust him and to follow him freely and fully forever because we trust him. So what does it mean to be a Christian? That's what I'm trying to get at here today. A one becomes a Christian 
when they make their decision i'm going to put my trust in christ who loved me enough to sacrifice himself on the cross for me he created the universe and he loved me enough to sacrifice himself for me i'm going to put my trust in him and because i really trust him i am going to follow him forever listen to me everybody in this room is following somebody every human being on this planet is following somebody most of us are following ourselves. but when you put your trust in christ the evidence will be that we follow him jesus said in john 10 27 28 he said my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me and i give them eternal life the second that you put your trust in christ and become his follower you receive eternal life in God's kingdom as well as forgiveness of all of your failures, all of your sins. That's God's gift to us. So I want you to ask yourself very clearly. I'm not asking you to go to church. I'm not asking you you're a Methodist, Episcopalian, or anything else like that. I am asking you, have you made a thinking decision to let the rest of the world put their trust in who they want, let the rest of the world follow who it wants? I'm putting my trust in Christ and I don't care if anybody else is following him I'm following Jesus and I will follow him fully freely and forever because that's what it means to be a Christian so answer that one for yourself because you alone can answer that if you've answered affirmatively that that you are one that has put your trust in Christ and are his follower then these verses that I'm going to read they apply to you and they will enable you to lay hold of a transcendent vision of work okay let me go to the next caption you and I if we're going to have a transcendent vision of work we need to focus on our future inheritance now if you're a Christ follower you have a future inheritance I'm just curious anybody in this room ever receive an inheritance of any kind can I see your hands I want to talk to you later <laughs> okay so you know what an inheritance is you don't do anything for it somebody else did the work they, they stocked it up they laid it up and then you just receive it okay so when you go into your workplace when I go into my workplace as a Christ follower I need to go with a frame of mind that is different than what most people have concerning work I need to go in there focusing on my future inheritance I have something that's coming to me in the future and when I focus on that it empowers me in the present to deal with the pressures to deal with the circumstances that are less than ideal for an indefinite period of time okay here we go here's the verse new testament book of colossians paul writing to followers of christ living in colossae colossians 3 1 it says you he's talking to christians christ followers you have been raised to life with christ meaning that when christ rose from the dead we in essence rose with him because we're united to him in trust that's our destiny so set your hearts on the things that are in where heaven now that's where we got to get clear pie in the sky by and by well there really is either pie in the sky or there's not jesus raised three different people from the dead when he was on earth he predicted his own death he predicted his own resurrection he pulled that off jesus rose from the dead he didn't rise from the dead and just show himself to a few people he showed himself alive from the dead for 40 days to multitudes of people compelling evidences of his resurrection therefore everything that he talked about this other dimensional place called heaven a place where god's will is done by everyone all the time is a real place and it's the place that you and i deep inside are always seeking 
We, we're, we're always seeking what we call happiness, but we never really construct what, what would that would have to look like. Well, happiness would mean that everyone loves everyone and is kind to everyone and good to everyone, that everyone's safe all the time, no more sickness, sorrow, pain, or death. Well, that's the place where God's will is done all the time. That place is called heaven. So I go into my workplace, but since I've been raised with Christ, I set my hearts on the things that are in heaven. I have an inheritance that I'm focusing on. Where Christ sits on his throne at the right side of God. Keep your, what does it say? Your minds, that's the hard part. Keep your minds fixed on things where they are heaven. In other words, as a Christ follower, I have to work at fixing my mind reminding myself that I have a heavenly inheritance, that this life is not all there is. If I think that this life is all there is, I'm going to live desperately. I'm going to just seek to, you know, eke out an existence as long as I can, get all the pleasures that I can get, and I'm going to make foolish decisions along the way. So I have to have this eternal frame of mind. Keep your minds fixed on the things that are there, not on the things of earth. Now I have to have this mentality when I go into my work. Let's go on. Philippians 3, Christ, or Paul writing to Philippians in, uh, or Christ followers in Philippi adds to this. He says, our citizenship is in heaven, real place, real society, real dimension, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then in 1 Peter, it adds this. May the thought of this, the thought that I'm a heavenly citizen, the thought that I have an eternal inheritance in a real place called heaven, May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. Jump for joy. That's my joy jump. (laughs) Even though, here's where reality comes in. Even though lately you've had to put up with the grief of many trials. In our work, it is not unusual to have to put up with the grief of many trials. Just curious. How many in here recently would would say that, yeah, I I think recently in my work, I've had to put up with some grief of many trials. Can I see your hands? Okay, good number of us. So we know that this is normative. So I'm jumping for joy because I have an inheritance in heaven. I'm a citizen of that place. My name is written in the books there. It is my destiny. Death is not the end of my existence. It is just a transition I have to live with this as a reality. That causes me to jump for joy even though my work conditions, my work experiences may bring grief of many kinds because of the many trials that occur. Okay, so this is where we have to start. We're we're just trying to get very realistic. We've got to have a transcendent vision that we carry with us into the workplace, okay, so that we're we're kind of heavenly-minded the whole time we're there. How many of you know that you can go through your day, you can be very focused on what you do, you can work hard, but you can also cultivate an awareness of the presence of Christ and that you belong to him, that you are a citizen of heaven, and that you, frankly, will either go to be with him someday or he will return and you will be with him forever. How many can, can you know, kind of experience what I'm saying? You can go through your day, and that's, that's maybe not in the first part of your mind, but it's always somewhere as a realization. It's in your mind somewhere. Can I see your hands? Because that's what that's talking about. It's kind of a governing reality, though it may not be in the forefront of our minds because we are supposed to focus on our work. All right, let's go on. Now that we get our focus on our heavenly inheritance, now we've got to get down to business. 
We've got to carry out our present business, which is our work, our task at hand. So here's some passages to help us with this. 1 Peter, once again, chapter 2, verse 18. Those who are servants, we're going to call it employees, that's what we mean, submit to the authority. Authority would be like your, you know, your bosses, your managers, your, your supervisors, whatever it might be. Of those who are your masters in the biblical context, it was literally masters in the context of slavery because when the Roman Empire conquered any country, you might be butcher, baker, candlestick maker, doctor, lawyer. It didn't matter what you were. You became a slave. You could buy your way out of it uh, in some cases, but it was not an easy thing to do. Anyway, those who are servants, submit to the authority of those who are your masters, not only, not only to those who are kind and gentle. How many have good bosses and supervisors that are kind and gentle? See your hands? Okay. Good for you. <laughs> However, some of you may have the next group. But even to those who are hard and difficult. How many have had some hard and difficult supervisors, bosses? No one on this staff dare raise your hand. <laughs> Kim said in the first service, he's already fired me. You'll understand what that's all about later on. <laughs> so... Here we have kind of our, our way that we're supposed to carry on our business. I'm heavenly minded. I know I've got this inheritance coming. I may have to go through some grief. It may not be a work situation that I like all the time. But nevertheless, I'm going to submit to authority. I'm, I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to be all there. And I'm going to be cooperative. Even when I'm not appreciated, I'm not treated respectfully, I'm not spoken to in the way perhaps that I deserve to be. Maybe I'm not uh, paid the way that I deserve to be. Nevertheless, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to deal with even the hard and the difficult bosses. Now, let me give you an example that might be helpful. Let's just suppose you're 22 years old. Anybody here happen to be 22? I used to be. Yeah, I was once 20. Believe it or not, I was once 22. <laughs> and you go to work for a company, and you're not treated good. You're, you're given the lowest position, even though you would have qualified. Are you a 22-year-old right there? Okay. Even though you qualified for a much better position, they give you the worst job, worst job of all. They pay you the sorriest salary. You're way, way underpaid. And all the people you work with are difficult. They're like just, they, for whatever reason, they kind of picked you as the person to pick on. Your supervisors, your bosses are the same way. They're, they denigrate you. They talk down to you. They give you a terrible time. Your life each day when you go to work is just agony, emotional, mental agony. You're given too much work to do. You're underpaid. You're underappreciated and so forth. Some of you are thinking, yeah, Randy, you, you must follow me to work every day, don't you? <laughs> so you're 22, and you have no prospects of rising in the company. If you stay there until you're 40, you're likely to be in the exact same circumstances, treated the same way, making the same pay, hardly able to survive at all off your pay, being mistreated day after day after day after day. Sounds like drudgery, does it not? How many agree? Drudgery? Grim, grim. However, there's one thing I left out. You know this. None of the other employees know this. Your father owns the whole company. In fact, your father owns multiple companies. They don't even know that your father, because your name and the company name, they're, they're not connected. Your dad owns the company, and here's something else you know. You know that when you turn 40, 
your dad's going to give you billions, billions of dollars, as well as part ownership in the very company that you are now working for. Now, for the rest of you, would, would that change your feelings about your job a little bit? How many would say, yeah, I think I, I, think I, I, think I could... I think I might whistle while I work, Randy. <laughs> if I know age 40, I'm part owner, and I get billions, they can do what they want to me now because I have an inheritance that I know about. They don't know about it. So no matter, you, you follow them with me? No matter what they do to me, it's just for a little while. And I know what my destiny holds. I know who my father is. I know what he's promised me. I know I have an inheritance. I can wait. I can, I can take this for now. If my father has seen fit, I'll do what he says. I'll submit to their authority, not just the kind and the gentle, but, but even to those who are hard and difficult. Do you see what I mean by transcendent vision? Unless you and I have a transcendent vision, we're focused on our eternal inheritance. It's going to be awfully hard to go in and care for our present business in the way that God, the God who knows us, the God who loves us, the God who sees exactly how we're being treated, wants us to respond. Everybody with me so far? Okay. Remember what I promised you. I'm promising you that I'm going to offer you something because God's revealed it that will transform your work experience in a positive way if if you're willing to embrace what he shares all right so let me let me say this uh covid has made a lot of changes for people and, and it could be that this statement that's going to come up next has gone through your mind at times oops i, I i'm sorry yeah right that, that's right go back josh Go back to the other statement. There you go. I'm just going to skip. <laughs> no, please don't change it anymore. Just stay, I beg of you. I won't let it go. <laughs> I, I, I messed him up so bad in the first service. It is all my fault, and this is too. Just, just bear with me. Uh, COVID has brought a lot of changes. And so this, this set of statements went through my head because it just felt like, oh, I don't know, maybe somebody can identify with it. I don't know. I used to hate the job I had. Now I don't have a job to hate. Now I hate not having a job to hate. <laughs> I hope that doesn't describe anybody in this room, but it might. H haven't we all caught ourselves getting so fixated on the one or two things that irritate us? could be relationally that was last week so we're focused on work the one or two things that focus you know or that irritate us with our work and we gripe and we complain and we get sour and we get bitter and we get discouraged and, and everybody that gets near us we just kind of spew out all our negativity and they have to hear how bad our life is and how bad our bosses are and how crummy our pay you know but that kind of changes things. I, I, I used to hate the job I had. Now I don't have a job to hate. We lose the job. And once you lose something, you tend to have an elevated appreciation for it that you didn't tend to be able to have before. And now I hate not having a job to hate. Here, here's the one thing that I learned as a, as a young Christian. I used to drive the guys I work with terrible. I did construction work my first 17 years. Uh, Ten of those years I was Christian. 17 years was just, I was just a bum. But anyway, um, no. 
10 of the years I was a good bum. Seven of those years I was a not good bum. But when I became a Christian, I recognized something that I had never seen before, that, that, that work was a gift, that God was giving me a gift, that a job, a J-O-B of any kind was a gift and it's a gift that I knew I could too easily take for granted instead of appreciating as a gift now, a gift now from God, regardless of what form it took. He says, submit to the authority, even to the ones that are hard and difficult, not just to the ones that are gentle and kind. If you get a transcendent vision and you take your, your job as a gift from God, starts to change starts to change everything in here doesn't change anything out there necessarily but it changes things in here do you know that in the mariana trench mariana trench is about seven miles deep how many knew that trivia minded people in here okay deepest part of the ocean in the world seven miles deep they have found fish way down in the bottom real fish five to seven miles down now the pressure would crush any man-made um Submarine, they, they have been able to take these bath escapes down there. That you know, the steel is like this thick, but they can't quite understand why it doesn't crush these fish. It's just a little fish skin. Well, they they discovered what it is. This is this is really important as a Christian. They don't have the thick steel. They just have thin fish skin. But what they discovered was somehow these fish generate from inside the equal pressure to the immense weight the seven miles weight of water crushing down on them they have equal pressure pushing out so they don't cave in this is what God wants to give to us he wants to give us interior power pressure strength that it doesn't matter what the exterior circumstances are they cannot crush you. They cannot steal your joy. They cannot stress you out. They cannot depress you. They cannot destroy you. Don't lie to yourself and say those things. Don't, don't say, oh, this is destroying me. If you say it's destroying you, it probably will. Don't do that. Okay, let me go on. Hold on to a transforming attitude. Once we, once we get a transcendent vision... Okay, I have an inheritance. I'm focused on that. Nothing can take it from me. Now I've got to hold on to a transforming attitude. But, but to have a transforming attitude, in other words, my, my mode, the method uh, of my work, my work habits, how I carry myself is what I mean by a transforming attitude. I, I have to have sufficient motivation. I can't lie to myself. If I'm not getting paid enough, I, I have to get rewarded sufficiently somehow from somewhere. And if, my, if the people that I'm working for are not nice and, and not appreciative, well, I, I need that niceness and appreciation on some level from someone somewhere. So, so how do I get to that point? I need the motivation. Boom. Sufficient motivation. Same portion of Scripture we looked at earlier. Paul the apostle writing to followers of Christ in Colossae Greek city he says in chapter 3 verse 22 let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of the employer I'm just curious I know you guys read your Bible a whole lot and all like that but how many were not aware that there was all this employee employer stuff in the Bible I'm just, I'm be honest moment of humility it's okay to raise your hand and say man I didn't know it was in there I thought it was just all about doing good to people it's very specific you should read the book it's really good it's, it's a bestseller 
Let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer, not just when their employers are, what? You'd never do that. You're, you're a hustler, man. You hustle whether the boss is watching or not. And, and not in pretense, but faithful in all things. But why? That doesn't motivate me. It just tells me again what I'm supposed to do. Look at the rest of the verse, the very next verse, or skip over verse 24. Remember that you will get your reward. That's your pay. That's your compensation package. Remember, focus on your, your inheritance, your heavenly inheritance. Reward from who? The Lord. The Lord. All right. He watches you, watches every worker all the time. He appreciates you. He does not forget anything you do. He sees every effort. He knows when you go into work, man, you're not feeling that good, but you give it your best shot. He sees when you do that little bit of extra when everybody else is slacking and laying down. He, you know, he sees the whole thing. He promises that he will compensate you, me, all of us as workers, and it will be accurate, and it will be bountiful. Now, we either believe that, or we don't remember that you will get your reward from the lord he will give you what you should what you may not be getting your, your job may never give you what you deserve they may never appreciate you mark it down accept it be a grown-up but if you believe that god sees and he will reward you that supplies that interior pressure that i was talking about so that the exterior circumstances can't crush you steal your joy or destroy your your character you are working for what does it say that's where kim said she was firing me because <laughs> what i said to the first service i said if you have a boss that doesn't appreciate you doesn't pay you the way you should be paid doesn't treat you the way you should be treated fire that boss up here not not, not don't, don't go to them and tell them i'm firing you because that won't work out real well you need your job you need your job you like eating i can tell you like eating you want a roof over your head of some sort so we need a job you are working for the lord christ what this passage is teaching you talk about motivation and i'm being sincere when i say fire your boss in some cases what i've had to do when i did construction i had to just shut it out i am not working for you mentally i said that not to their face <laughs> i'm working for christ and he is worth my 110% effort. I remember, I remember when this hit me when I was doing construction work. Man, I became like the Tasmanian devil, man. And, I, and that's the way I lived out my career in construction. I gave it 100% all the time. And I would tell, I used to irk those guys. I used to tell them, I said, the company deserves everything I can give every day. And they hated hearing that. They hated it, but it's true. How you feel hearing that? Scripture was honest. It says he knows that you might not be appreciated. You might not be paid what you deserve. You might not be spoken to the way you should be spoken to. But if you really trust this, that you are working for Christ, not for humans, and Christ is going to be the one to reward you, that transforms your work environment, and it will change you inside. I promise you this. I've experienced this. It will change your experience of work. I don't care how difficult your work experience may be this is just truth let me go on 
efficient operation. We, we, we need kind of a methodology, a mode. We need to know, how, how do I go about it every day, Randy? Well, you kind of give it, a, I gave it a little bit away. But here's a, another verse from Colossians 3, verse 23, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. Whatever you do, whatever you do, you know, it could be housework, any kind of work. Whatever you do, do it with what? All your heart. All your heart. As though you were working for who? Once again, the Lord, not for, what does it say? Changes everything. That simple passage changes everything. Just a moment of honesty. How many would be honest enough to say there have been times where I was working, but, you know, I I was just kind of, you know, working. I was not really blasting. I was not really giving it my best. How many would be honest enough to say, yeah, I've done that. I've slacked at times, okay? I don't know what your experience is. That doggone clock almost stops. It's like time just won't move. And for some reason, it, it bums me out or it bummed me out. It just kind of discouraged me. Just, you know, I found out when I turned on all the rockets all day long, I loved it. It, it just it changed me. Listen to what I'm saying, some of you. Whatever you do, when this verse hit me, it exploded in my mind. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you're working for the Lord. When I put this into practice, not until I put it into practice, did it change my internal feelings about my work, but when I put it into practice, it absolutely changed my feelings about work. My mood changed about work. What was once difficult and and not any fun at all it became downright exciting and meaningful and fun and I literally gained energy it was like the more I threw myself into stuff the more energy it brought back some of you 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 got to hear what I'm saying because you're in a job that you hate you dread it you drag in you drag out you come home you you kind of whine and complain and I'm not knocking you I mean I, I know I know it can be tough I'm just telling you, the, love, the God who loves you is telling you there is a better way, and it's being served up for you today. Let me go on. Romans 12 just adds to this, verse 11. It says, work how hard, and do not be lazy. Now, you know, if God puts in the Bible, do not be lazy, sounds to me like he has a hunch I have a propensity to be lazy <laughs> we, we all do <laughs> we say man I'm tired I'm, t- I'm too doggone tired I didn't sleep good last night I, the best I can do now, we, we have a propensity to be lazy so God says I know I know you do but don't he says work how hard it's transforming it's transforming doesn't transform your environment, doesn't transform the backstabbing workers who may be you know, always measuring for that right spot to plunge the dagger in your back, or your denigrating boss. It might not change that, but it will change you, and that's what's important. Serve the Lord. Remember, here it is again. I'm not working for them. I'm working for the Lord. Serve the Lord with a full heart of devotion. All right. There's an exercise that I want to suggest for you as I get ready to close here. Supposing that you were to take 
this thing called a pen. I know that people don't know about them these days because everybody does things on these things, you know. But there used to be these old instruments. They have ink inside them. You scratch them on something called paper. Uh, people don't use paper much anymore either. But if you take a pen and paper and you write down, and I'm, I'm being sincere now, I'm being serious. You write down a detail. These are the things about my work that I don't like. You write them all down. Detail, write them out. I don't like him, I don't like her, I don't like it, I don't like the process, I don't like the pressure, I don't like whatever it is. You just write it all out. And then you write, here's what I like, here's the conditions I'd like to have. Might be, you know, I, I want my boss to be somebody that respects me. I want better pay. I want coworkers that are godly and nice. Whatever it is, you write it out. Okay, write it out. All right, so you get this sheet. It's got the, the, the grievances, and it's got your desired, ideal job conditions and description. Everybody follow me? This is sincere. If you do this, this could be powerful. All right? You take it. You fold it once. You fold it twice. You fold it four times. Now you got a little square. And you set this thing somewhere where you can see it every day, but don't open it up every day. You, you know what's in it. You wrote it down once, and I want you to give yourself three weeks, three weeks, you pray about this. You pray for the dream job, the desired job. Three weeks. At the end of three weeks, you go, you open it, you know, you unfold it. And you lay it down. But now you're going to do something different. You're going to lay it down in the presence of Christ. And now you've got to use your imagination a little bit. You're going to have to suppose that Christ appears or speaks in your mind and has a literal conversation with you that goes like this he says you know i can give you the exact conditions you want the exact job and i'm willing to do that for the rest of your life you can have it i'm willing i can also offer you a different work experience it's going to be full of uncertainty. It's not always going to be easy at all. It's, it's going to be unpleasant. You, you may not be appreciated the way you should be. You may not ever be paid well. You, you may have a lot of hurtful experiences. But if you'll accept this tougher road that I'm offering you, here's what I can promise you. I can promise you that it will maximize your growth to become more like me. And I know in your heart that's what you really want to be, he says to you. Not only will it cause you to grow more to become like me than if you took the ideal job, you will find your mission field, or at least part of your mission field. You will find your flock, or at least part of your flock. Those people that I will put you amongst, and I, will, I may move you from different places at different times. I may reassign you, but you will find your mission field. You will find your flock. There will be people. You may not even know what impact you're having. You will have such impact on some people that some you will reach for me. They will come to put their trust in me because of you. Others will be so influenced by you that it will change their family structure. It'll change their parenting style. It'll change the way they spend their time, their money. Their lives will never be the same because of you. You may not know the impact you had on them, but I'll know and eternity will show it. 
So here's your choice. I love you. You're my child. If you want the easy road, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the job where everybody's a Christian. Everybody I work with is Christians. It's so wonderful. We get along every day. We have Bible study every day at work. We all praise each other and build each other up. It's wonderful. I get paid so much money, I don't know what to do with it. I, I throw it in the air. I burn it. <laughs> or you can take that other path full of uncertainty. It's the thing that Jesus kept talking about, you know, when he says, you know, like, take up your cross, deny yourself daily, and follow me, and you will find life. So now, you've got this choice. Think it through. Because I believe the Spirit of God, to some degree, gives us that choice. The easy road, or the road that leads to this. Work, you got to get this. Work, it's not... It's not the end, it's the means to an end. Work is a context, it is a developmental context. So are relationships, so that we can learn to live like God lives and love like God loves. Work is a context for maximum development and missional effectiveness. Do you want to be more like Christ and do you want to reach others for Christ? Let me make it simple, that's what that statement is all about. Then the work the assignments that God gives you and he may place you in the darkest most difficult when is the light the best in the dark can you accept that can you accept because if you can accept that God is my witness you can hold me to it this will transform your work experience your work experience will never be the same it will be the adventure of a lifetime because you know wherever you are whatever you're going through you are on an assignment from the living Christ who will reward you who does see who does appreciate you and who will make it eternally worth the little while that you were treated unjustly and that you suffered I hope you all choose the uncertain road, the, the narrow road, the cross-carrying road, the self-denying road that leads to life, maximum Christ-like development, and missional effectiveness. You have so much power that God wants to express in you, to you, and through you. You can transform your work experience, and God is here right now, today, ready to help you do that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, and we know the truth. We, we know you don't ever put us in a circumstance, but that you fill us with the power to not just endure, but to thrive. You know your people. You know that some are really beaten up by their work experience. May you speak to their hearts in a way that they will, they will sense the truth and embrace it and go on a new adventure with you that will transform them and others around them for time and eternity. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.